Thanks for tuning in to the Entertainment News Break on the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we cover movies, TV, video games, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Tracks like who's that? I'm new, come back better than last year. It's a new me, never gonna look back. Never gonna look back. Cause damn, I was built to last. You move slow and I move fast. And that's facts. Only I can make a change. Slowly take a step today. I will never be the same. Cause that's what it takes. That's right. That's right, boys. We back. We're here to talk about entertainment. Baby Yoda's in the house because guess what starts back? Mandalorian season three and Baby Yoda has chosen his way. And it's red. He's joining the dark side, people. Spoiler alert. He's joining the dark side and he's going to wreck shop. That's what's going to happen. But anyway, yes, Mandalorian is going to start. We're going to talk about that later on in the show, <clears throat> but I'm not here by myself. Not here by myself tonight. I am here with one of the most beautiful people that I know, like in physical form and just as a person. Alex. Alex is here tonight. Chilling like a villain as we get ready to do this. I got to fix the camera and stuff since I had to set that up with uh, my baby Yoda. But uh, yeah, Thank man, you, like... Uh, How's everything been going? How's everything been going, Alex? Oh, just working on the graphics, watching, streaming, movies, shows. That's it. That's how it goes. But uh, this is what we do, man. Entertainment news break. We just sit here and talk about the entertainment, some of the news that happened in the week prior. We also talk about stuff like the box office and everything else, man. You ready to get into it? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start off with the box office like we normally do uh, pretty much every time. And let's kick it off, man. Box office this past weekend. Uh, let me get these numbers pulled up right here. So we had for this last weekend, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania still in the number one spot, $32 million. But I'm going to tell you right now, something that almost crept up in the back door. Okay. I'm excited for it because I went and seen it. This movie right here. It's tons of fun. Probably should have beat, let's be honest, it should have beat Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania is the same old, same old, you know what I'm saying? Except for Jonathan's major's job with uh Kane. But here we go, baby. We got Cocaine Bear at the number two spot, $23.3 million. Big opening weekend for Cocaine Bear. I mean, come on, Very man. Good. Yeah. If you heard about a movie called Cocaine Bear and then realize like Ah, uh, the shit. That probably won't even be in the movie theaters. Then you realize it is in the movie theaters. You're <laughs> like, man, what are these people thinking? Then it comes out to $23.3 million on the first weekend. Bro, telling you right now, that's that's pretty damn amazing. Uh, coming in at number three is counter-programming, I guess. I don't know what this is about, but it's uh, <laughs> Jesus Revolution. Programming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, 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 I don't know what's going on there. Uh, then we got Avatar Way of Water. It's got Kelsey Grammer in it. So it's got 
got Kelsey uh, Grammer in uh, it, so you know. It's a uh, but Avatar: The Way of the Water dropped to the number four spot under five million, and Pushing Boots is still hanging in the top five at four point one million dollars. I mean, uh, Alex, man, what do you got? You got anything? You got it? Any things that you can read into anything that happened at the box office this weekend? Well, I am glad Ant Man is still staying on top. Um, and I'm really happy that Cocaine Bear made as much money as it did. Um, I think the budget was, I want to say it was around maybe 20 to 20 million or 50 million, either or. Um, I have fun times at the movies, man. Um, I really, I enjoyed both of those movies. Granted, they're not perfect in any way. Um, Cocaine Bear was a lot of fun. Um, I did have some problems with it, of course, but you know, it's it's a B movie. It's like a B movie straight from the seventies. Um, so like, there's that. And Ant Man. A lot of people were worried that, and it did have a sixty nine percent drop from opening weekend. And really, I think that had to do with a lot of the um, reviews that people were making it out to be so bad or whatever on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, word of mouth, which I don't necessarily agree with um but you know i i mean i agree that it has problems of course but it's um i think it's a fun time in the movies no i mean that's the thing though this is one of those movies like i know there's going to be some issues here there's going to probably be plot holes there's going to probably be like why the hell did this person do this or do that or anything but that's the fun in these style movies is because you can go in there's no pressure there's no reason for me to try to go in there and critique it every little detail when you talk about something like cocaine bear it's like all right cool like this right here is not a big budget it is what it is it's just a fun like it's called cocaine bear for god's sakes like this is one of those things that's like pretty crazy and i love the fact that i can go see a movie like this in a movie theater and enjoy it because like uh some of these movies like you don't even get the chance to go see them in the theaters you just have these B movies that you have to get off a streaming service or you have to like do whatever, right? Like back in the day, you had to go buy the DVD at Walmart and the $5 throwaway bin or whatnot. I actually think it's pretty cool and fun uh, that we have some of these movies sometimes getting to the, uh, getting to the actual theater because guess what? There's an audience for this. There's an audience of people, 23, over $23 million worth of people went and saw this movie Knowing the name was Cocaine Bear. They didn't pull a hoax. They didn't like try to name it something else and market it as something else. They literally called it Cocaine Bear and they literally basically told you what this story was going to be. And it was a fun ride watching a bear that did cocaine and what a cocaine bear would do. And I, I just had fun, man. And that's the biggest thing I think that's missing in some of these movies and stuff that they put out there. Sometimes it's great to go have fun. Yeah, it's great to go watch a, a big dramatic movie. Uh, one of those I was able to watch a little early. Uh, can't I'm not really going to say anything about it, but like, uh, <clears throat> is the movie coming out this weekend? Creed. It's a great dramatic movie, and there's there's room for those style movies to like be there at the theater for you to go and enjoy. There's a reason why horror can be there. There's a reason why action and comedy and all this stuff can be there. But there's also like a place for these like uh, weird stories to be told and like. It's almost funny because this is kind of like based on a true story. Of course, they added a bunch of stuff. I don't think the bear actually killed a bunch of people or anything. No, like it's it is uh, complete. It's it's taking the idea of a bear that gets a hold of cocaine in the eighties and they make a completely fictional telling of what if this was like some crazy B movie thing where he went on a rampant killing spree after having so much cocaine and 
by interweaving so many characters in the story, which I that was one of my biggest problems with it. Um, and just him just wrecking shop and killing people. Listen, that movie I really enjoyed. I will say when the bear is on screen, the movie works a thousand percent. It's like, um, in my opinion, it's kind of like when you watch Godzilla or Transformers, where like you see Godzilla on screen, you're like, oh man, this is gonna be cool, or but. And the Transformers as well. But when the humans come around, you're kind of like, eh, I don't really give a shit. You know, like, I, I wish I could care more. Um, I watched a video, Justin, a uh, review for um, Cocaine Bear. I know we're talking about box office and stuff, but I kind of wanted to just talk about it with you real quick because um, I knew you were really excited to see it. And I was super excited to see it, too, because I was um, I was like, how the hell do they make this movie? Um, it, I thought it would be kind of cool if... Um, I heard I heard on this review from uh, Double Toasted about Cocaine Bear, and they said um, if they treated the characters more like something like Raising Arizona, where it was some like kind of crazy plot where oh this guy and this girl they get married and then they can't have a baby, but the, so they go abduct a baby and then everyone's going chasing after them. I think this film would have worked a lot better if they just had just one little, this little this little one plot. And I think there's like so many plots going on in that movie, but of course it's for the reason why they want to kill all these people and show the bear do crazy shit. But um, no man, I, I I had a fun time with Cocaine Bear, honestly. No, yeah, I mean, and like like I said, that's the point. I think we lose sight of that sometimes. We go to the movies; it's about having fun. You know what I'm saying? Like regardless of what you're going to see, how serious it is, how not serious it is, it's and about going to have fun, I won't having a good say time. Anything. I, won't I had say a great, anything. I had a great time. Yeah, I won't say anything, Justin. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I think, you know, if this movie does well, could get a sequel. Well, not even that. The The biggest thing that I'm happy about is seeing, like, the decently big number that it came out with in this first weekend. Exactly. Is the chance for other movies and people to take chances on some of these more crazy stories and stuff, right, that you can have fun with. You know, like we can see in the movie theaters and stuff like that. Like, you know, like a malignant that got put out on streaming services. Part of that don't do due to COVID and stuff like that. But like maybe movies with these crazier stories or crazier plots getting put out there. And you are seeing it a little bit. Right. Because like go back to Barbarian last year. That had a pretty crazy story, man, like uh, that was out there. And it got put in theaters and it did really well. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the cool part is, is like based on like how much movie the the movie was made for based on the return it had uh three or four of the top like five movies last year uh based on that uh, being probably like you know money based on how much that was made for was all horror films last year the barbarian uh just a, a couple of other ones there were so many Bone horror movies well. that came out last year and horror, i mean that done well definitely done well. definitely you can see the surge of of um of, of a real not just the slashing kind of uh like not true cash stories. grab cash like, grab not true stories but no cash grab horror movies that really they don't the writers and the, the studios behind it don't put so much effort into them but i think ever since get out we've been getting like these amazing uh you know low budget horror films that come in with a lot of thought I actually think it started a little before that, Alex. I actually think it started with uh with our main man James Wan. 
I think my man putting out like actually the good Conjuring. stories mixed in with the horror, like the Conjuring the series. No, like all yeah. these different things that he put out. Like, I actually think he started the whole run of like, oh, bro, early. let's not because you got to think about it. Not long after that, we got stories like in uh, uh, Sinister. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what Sinister? I want to put Is Don't that, Breathe in there. I'm gonna put Don't Breathe. Yeah, in Don't there. Breathe came out. Even like uh, Lights Out. Remember that movie? That was yeah. a pretty damn David good. F. Sandberg, who um, you know went on to direct Annabelle Two and Shazam. Yep. You know, um, I would also even put out a Ten Cloverfield Lane, even though I think that's yeah. more of a thriller. Um, I still think there has this been this rise of horror and thrillers where they've kind of put a lot of thought into us. What's funny about Cocaine Bear is that it reminded me a lot of something like Megan, where it's has yeah, this Megan, kind of, man, crazy Megan story. Is like, this, I, I like I really like Megan. I thought they could have gone a little bit harder, you know, with what they were doing. I know they're doing an unrated version on Blu-ray, so maybe they might have some more blood and stuff like that in there. There's more blood in it. They've and I think. Said. The PG-13 really warranted uh, more people to go see it, of course, because now everyone can go see an rated R movie, of course, and Cocaine Bear is an rated R movie. But I think, you know, Megan, even though it's similar to something like Chucky, um, it it's the it's zany premises that's like, all right, how the hell is this going to work? Is this going to be just something that's kind of recycled that we've seen before? But they kind of change it up. And uh, they add in the trailer, the marketing – was so good. The marketing for Cocaine Bear was was crazy. The pre the premise the crazy yes. premise alone and apply with the marketing that goes into those two movies particularly. That's what made it, I think, really successful. And not only just that, the film itself too. You know, I will say this uh, one thing. This is one of the first weekends we didn't see a horror film. It's been a long time since there hasn't been a horror film in the top five. But that's about to change because not long from now, we're going to get uh, Scream 6. It's big time and it's marketing now. So horror is going to jump right back up there. And one of their tales, you know, Scream 6 is going to yeah. do well in this first weekend and everything else. So like Scream 6 will be in a top five for a couple of weeks. But yeah, I love to see it. Love to see what happened last year. Kind of the renaissance of horror, like really opening up and showing like, hey, guys, you don't have to make these multi-billion dollars with the movie. I'm going to tell you, I had more fun, more fun. In the theater watching Cocaine Bear, uh, watching uh, Creed 3, watching uh, Megan, then I did Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I just think, I, did. I just think, would you prefer it if you saw it by yourself? Say those three movies again, Megan, Cocaine Bear, and what was it? Yeah, I was one? just picking like the most recent I know, movies I that I've seen in the theater. But I'm telling you this hypothetical. Like compared to that. I'm taking this hypothetical. If you saw it without a crowded audience, would you would you have enjoyed it as much as you did? You're talking about like the Cocaine Bear or like the other movies, like those, those, those movies three movies you mentioned that those three no those three movies yeah. that you enjoyed. No, I would have fun because like I have fun watching films and stuff like that. Matter of fact, oh, for sure. Uh, when I went and watched, um, was it Megan? Yeah, I think when I went and watched Megan, for instance, like no, 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 it was Knock at the Cabin. That's another one I had a great yep, time that, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But knock at the cabin when fun. I went and seen yeah. it. I went and seen it at a little bit of a later showing or whatever at my place, and like it wasn't like prime time. So sometimes our theater would get in the middle of the week, it'd get kind of slow or whatever at nighttime. I was literally the only person in there and in that movie. I could have did whatever I did you wanted to in that movie theater because there wasn't nothing in there. Nobody. It was just me. But I had a more fun time watching that movie than I did Ant Man and the Wasp. But it's just because that was a different story. It was a 
it, it was like this uh, cool way. And M. Night Shyamalan, you know, like him or hate him, he does a great job of like uh, encapsulating these stories that are like smaller realm, you know, like in a cabin, for instance, like you don't have this big set and everything. And it's kind of refreshing to see something like that when you go to like watch, you know, something like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and like everything CGI, all this stuff's like everything's got to be big or go home. And then on top of that, you have the same formula that happens in almost every one of their MCU movies where things happen at the right time, at the right moment, every freaking time. They have to say jokes even during some of the most serious moments in the film. Yeah. I just think the MCU, if they want to come back and be as big as they was leading into the Infinity War and Endgame saga and stuff like that, because they're starting to take a few hits, they're going to have to go back to where they actually subvert expectations in some ways, man, and start making their stuff a little more fresh. They're, they can't just follow that formula because it did so well for that big, long stretch of time. You know what I'm saying? Like even a yeah. football dynasty, that team has to change. Or if it doesn't change over time, it's going to get left behind, even though it was a great dynasty at one point. You just can't keep doing the same things. Eventually, people's going to catch on. People's going to catch up and people will surpass you if you don't take uh, steps to change and be different. I think the MCU is going to have to do that. Uh, right now, I think if DC can put their crap together, which I don't have faith in right now, but if they can, if the DC can put their crap together and start putting together stuff, they can really start putting not just dents, but holes, gaping holes in that MCU armor that's been out there for a long period of time, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, MCU is this tall Jenga tower that's still been standing and keeps growing and growing and growing. There's a little bit of wiggling, especially now towards the top for the amount of stuff that they've been putting out. Cause when you play Jenga, you put more blocks on top and then, you know, I think like earlier on some were taken out because not all the movies have been great in the past, but you know, they really need to reinforce the idea of their whole strategy and their game plan for where they're going. One, yeah. they need a They need a Tony Stark. They need a new Tony Stark Two, This Kang character is a lot more complex than, um, people would the the, the, ra, the ra, regular moviegoer would perceive which is why i think he's going to be appearing in all these different movies and shows which is good but they really need to balance and regulate the stretch of time in the sense of what product is coming and um and 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 what is the what is the um what is the highlight cuz cuz for, for the product, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've had seven movies and seven shows from the MCU in the last two years. When you look back the earlier phases, like one, two movies a year, two movies a year, two movies a year, three movies a year, three movies a year, three movies a year. And then they added these shows. And I get it. They wanted to build the Disney Plus brand. COVID came in. It fucked everything up new leadership at disney which is so bad um you know we, we we thought oh maybe this might be good but a lot of shit went down that wasn't good and they just rushed it all and they need to take their time and and and, and um balance and figure out this whole game plan and just be careful and you know like you mentioned with dc and stuff like that dc really has the chance take chance to take the upper hand they're that one team that's like you know all right, we see this one, the, this team that's had this huge dynasty. They've done all the stuff. They've won championships and everything like that. But we can see their faults, and we know what we could do to improve our own team. And that's what I think James Gunn DC is hopefully going to be. I'm, doing. 
Crossing fingers. I always hated this too. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Like to me, the same thing sort of happened to the comics a little bit that's happening to the movies and shows now for MCU is that fatal thing that I hated when the comics, I even stopped collecting them for a while and everything else when it happened. This whole multiverse stuff, dude. The whole I, multiverse stuff, like start screwing things up and making things where it doesn't even matter because another Spider-Man can come from another place. And listen, the the, the the like, what you're hitting on, what you're hitting on right now, it's the biggest problem I have. I don't, I'm not a big fan of multiverses because once you set down a character for people to care about, and you take him away, he's gone. Another one can come back. And so when this whole phase is yeah, over, it's like they can they can do whatever like they want to. There's a less amount of stakes. So exactly where are you going to put how are you going to push the needle for stakes particularly cuz when you watch Ant-Man no in Quantum Wasp and Quantum Man, I'm not going to give away any spoilers but you can definitely see that there are some stakes that's like well I know what's going to happen with this character I know what's going to happen at the end you know if they're going to be okay if you know or what what not but the and when you watch something like Cocaine Bear or something like from M. Night Shyamalan, which M. Night, he's got some, he has, he's got a weird resume. I, I will admit that, but I love Sixth I love Sense. his resume, except I for love, Avatar. Except for Avatar. I love Sixth Sense. I love Unbreakable. I really enjoyed Split. Uh, Glass, I think, is going to get better in time. I don't think it is as appreciated as it is when it came out, but I think it will get more appreciated as it goes on. But regardless, he always does something new. And Doing something new, you don't know where these characters are going to go. You don't know what the stakes are going to be, but they're going to be a lot higher because you expect you don't these even franchise, know. In, in you expect these franchise, movie. these franchise characters, they carry on this whole legacy. They carry on this huge franchise that's keep going moving forward to these two last movies, which is the Avengers movies. So the great part about M Night Shyamalan is you don't even know if the story you're being told's real. You take like that's why I love about Village, it's like mysterious. the Village, because it's like mysterious. you're watching, yeah, you're watching this movie. And you think it's in a different time period in a different part of the world. And it's in today. It's society. It's these people that got tired with society and tried to run away from it and everything else. But like, you don't even know if the story that you're getting portrayed is even real. Right. Like in, in some of his movies, like that's the great thing about like him. And that's why he's one of my Unri- top unreliable narration, unreliable yeah. narrators, you know. That, it's just that's... like you don't even know. Like uh, anything could happen, and that's the that's the fun and excitement to me. He makes you think every time that you go and see one of his movies, and that's why I love him. Like, yeah, some of his movies are bangers, and some of them are kind of not. But even the ones that some people hate, like I still enjoyed because I came out of the theater, and it made me think about the movie. It made me think about like why the story was told that way, or what story was trying to be told, what message. Like his movies have messages underlying too. He doesn't beat you over the head with them. They're like these underlying messages, you know. And then you realize like what kind of message that he's spewing forth with that kind of thing, and you're like, oh god, like. I get it. Like, I like the movie a little bit better because you figured out that message that he sent to you. And I love the fact he's not like knocking at your door like Jehovah Witnesses or whatever, like trying to get you to do whatever. He's his message he has is so subtle that you have to actually think about it. And then once you actually figure out the message that he was trying to portray with that certain film, it makes it even better. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think Knock at the Cabin was good. I mean. There's some things in it that kind of they don't really explain, which kind of, like I mentioned uh, before we went on air, is that sometimes 
people or movies they for they they mention something they foreshadow they say something about one thing and you hopefully think that they'll bring it back later some of that stuff in that movie was not really done that and i haven't read the comic book that this was based off of so that's a whole big thing but no and i shall always bring something interesting to the table even someone like mid-sized sedan from old which was the dumbest rapper name i've ever heard in my life but still <laughs> That part mm -hmm. of that movie was entertaining. I, I I will be honest. I did not like old. Um, I I, I admire the concept I of it, and also with MCU, I love the. MCU. I liked it, man. It's taking chances. I mean, like, listen, I this is the, the biggest MCU problem too. with taking chances yeah. is half the time, half the time, Alex, when you take chances like he does, they're like I said, they could be bangers. Oh my god, like they could be amazing, right? And then other times maybe they're not as big or as bold, but you're still taking chances. I appreciate. I appreciate a filmmaker that's willing to do different stories and different styles than sitting there watching things that just are, are regurgitations of each other almost every time. I also want to mention before, you know, I know that we're, we're, we're spending a lot of time on this, but I, I, before we uh, move on to the next topic um, with the whole Marvel thing, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. And I love this MCU. I love the MCU. Like I love it since the day one with Iron Man and everything like that. But with this phase right now, um, there is a sense of like Marvel becoming too comfortable with what they're making in the sense that they think that everyone's going to go and flock out to see what they're making or as they've made, they're making so much stuff. It's hard for everyone to consume it. It's like a cook making all these meals all at this one time and not doing it, uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner the next day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Instead, he's doing five meals for breakfast, five meals for lunch, and five meals for dinner. Not everyone can consume that. Hey, listen, crazy. man, you don't even know how good of a Segway guy you are because we're talking about dinners and second dinners. The next topic is new Lord of the Rings movies possibly coming up. I don't even know what to think about this. Uh, man, I don't know. It's like you had the first three movies that were fantastic, won awards, all this stuff. Then you tried to do like the the uh the hobbit series you've done that not that many people love the hobbit series or like it that much uh then you know you try to do a show that's really hit or miss with some people mostly a miss for by a lot of people i i, I see more negative than positive about the show uh but here we go like now on top of all that right a bunch of misses not any not any hits right they're batting a uh, terrible batting average right now when it comes to the Lord of Rings material, uh, do I mean, do you think this is a good idea? Like new Lord of the Rings movies coming out? I'm I'm not sure if this is a good idea or not. Like uh, you, unless you have some of the most amazing stories to tell in the side of this universe, like, um, man, they, they got They got to switch. They got to switch their uh, their, you know, what they're trying to do. They got to switch their, you know, their philosophy, I think, a little bit. Well, since David Zaslav, who is the owner of uh, Discovery, has taken over Warner Brothers and cut off a lot of uh, jobs and trying to cut costs with shows and stuff like that, he's really, I, I, he's really reaching and trying to uh, market this brand, market Warner Brothers off of their biggest IPs, specifically DC. And there's even rumblings about doing like a Hogwarts Legacy TV series based off the video game and how successful that is, despite how much controversy there is with that. And, you know, you come around the Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings is one of the best uh, best trilogies of all time. Um, some people would say it's better than the books, you know. And there's even The Hobbit out there. And The Hobbit has 
you know, um, it's hit or miss. I think I, I, I like the Hobbit movies. I don't love them, but I love Lord of the Rings. I grew up with those movies and this new series, I just think did not work for me at all. Um, and I think if they decided to go and continue the story from where the characters that you met in the uh, trilogy, maybe bring them in Subway, but have it be centered on new characters but very much so, Justin, it really depends on the writing. It all yeah, comes down I agree. to the writing. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. If you haven't watched it yet, we do have uh, – go and watch our uh, review for Episode 7 of The Last of Us. And one of the things we brought up, because we got kind of off topic or whatever, but we was having good discussion about a couple things, yelling at each other and stuff, me and Ferris were anyway. But the biggest thing is this, is like uh, with The Lord of the Rings, you know, like it wasn't this great story, like, and, and, it, and it wasn't a great show. So that the people that didn't like it, right, they just tried to pick everything they wanted to like hate on it about, right? Because they had reasons to. The show wasn't that good. The story wasn't that good. So now they're going to start hitting on everything they can. So now they start talking about, well, why, why, why is there different color elves or dwarves or like they start picking apart all these little things, right? And they throw it out there into the ether. Like mm -hmm. I know that, but hold on, because I'm I'm getting to. It they were nitpicking all these things and they were throwing it out there as complaints along with the other complaints they have about the stories and stuff. The last of us, there's a couple of characters that are like, uh, changed, right? Uh, Sarah from the game is a blonde headed white girl in the, in the show. Uh, she's something, you know, she's a Latino, if I'm not mistaken or something like that, obviously with Pedro yeah. Mascal being her dad and everything. So like you, you have these things that were changed, like when it comes to like either race or maybe like whatever, right? Ethnicity, whatever you want to call it. But people don't complain about that. Why? Because the show's great. Because the show's good. I think that's the biggest key, right? Like if you make a good show, it yep. doesn't matter what you do the things. You can yep. change things. You can mm -hmm. you can do, uh, uh, you know, what some people come out there and say like race swapping or whatever. You can, you're allowed to do that if you make a great story a great show because nobody's going to complain because what they're seeing overall is great. Your problem comes in is when you don't have a good show and everything else. And then people start hating on it. Now they start nitpicking all the things that they can hate on it about because uh, they feel like their time got wasted or, you know, whatever, or they're one of their favorite franchises. Like if you're a big Lord of the Rings fan or whatever, right? Like uh, you just wanted to get a good story. You didn't get that. So now you're mad. So now you're going to throw away all these little nitpicks or whatever that you can out there onto the YouTube channels and everything or Twitter and everything else to complain about it. So that's one of the things I wanted to point out is like, if you notice, we got another show almost going on at the exact same time. Lord of the Rings was a little bit before the last of us, but right there within a month of each other, you know, or so <clears throat> of coming out, the last of us done some of the same things that the Lord of the Rings did, but yet nobody's complaining about it on the last of us size because the show is so good. This show, The Last of Us, has been so good that it's drowned out the bigots, like the people that automatically hate on like the episode three because it's a gay love affair and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like there are people out there that said their comments about like the uh the that episode because it was uh two gay men and it's a love story about two gay men on national on, on not national television but on HBO Max. Like you had there, there were haters that came out. There were people that just came out and hated on that just because of the fact that that was on that, right? And everything else. And they, they complained and did their things. Yeah. But they got drowned out. 
they're there. Go look at the reviews and stuff. Like any bad reviews, especially for that particular episode, people coming out there and showing their hate just because it was two gay men. But like there was so much more positivity because the story was done so good that like that small percentage got blasted. That small percentage got pushed aside. Nobody talks about it. And to play to play devil's advocate real quick, Justin, when it comes to The Last of Us and and comparing it with the the Lord of the Rings show, Lord of the Rings show that was not they they didn't have a clear story to adapt from. They just they just made it up. You know that because that was a completely new story oh, with yeah. um the, the rings of power. But Last of Us, you know, you have already a set storyline, and then you adapt that. And you know, I totally agree with your sentiments about how, you know, if if all you're doing is just pandering to the audience about representation or something like that without a good story, without good characters or something, it's gonna be nitpicked. It's gonna be hated. It's gonna be uh, revolted against through social media. Or as The Last of Us, like something like that, some of those minor changes where if people were to get pissed off about it because the show wasn't adapted well, then they probably wouldn't have picked that shit for some reason because people have nothing else to do in this world. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, you know, it's just all a matter of of um, being being truthful to the story and your characters. And if, um, and particularly with those new movies that you know, Lord of the Rings is hoping to make, and Warner Brothers, they really have to plan out a decent story in these characters, um, and they can't rush it. And I, I and even even with the new Rings of Power show, they did say they're doing a season two, but it says it might not come out till twenty twenty five. So they could double market it, but. You know, man, it's it again. It all comes down to the writing, and um, I, when I met when I met um, when people are complaining about gay characters or or, uh, or black elves or something like that, the, those criticisms are just are, I don't know why it's a fantasy world, dude. Who cares? There could be yeah. black elves. No, I mean I totally agree. Black. But what I'm yeah yeah and, my and, point and, with and, that is is not. My point with that is not even the political beliefs or a moral beliefs or whatever of pe different people, right? The reason why I bring that up is like just to show you that you can do all those things. You can that do that. Some people nitpick or get mad about as long as you make a great story. Nobody gives a crap because, and like you said, think... ultimately, ultimately, uh, two characters being gay or, or, or different colors, whatever, like none of that stuff ultimately matters if you make a great film, if you make a great story, if and... you make a great adaption. Like yeah. none and of to that clarify, nobody cares. And to clarify, I didn't think Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power. I don't think that show pandered to the audience about the representation. Um, I I thought they handled that well, and it wasn't like oh, he's a black elf or something like that. I mean, they mentioned how I mean there is racism in Lord of the Rings anyway, because people are like, oh, I don't want to fuck with the elves. But it's between like, like not really but, a color or something like that. It's about like uh like your your standing elf against dwarf kind of thing, like. Elves look down on jores because they think of them as being a certain way. That kind of deal, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's, it's like that. It's all that minutia. And um, damn it, I just thought my, lost my train of thought. Um, but with, uh, <laughs> um, but no, man. It's it's just, uh, it, yeah. Like okay, so yeah, okay. I think I remember what I was gonna say. Um, my problem with like the Rings of Power, you know. It was the story, but also these characters, they felt just so stoic-y, so fake. 
to the point where it was just like, I'm going to save the day or help me, please. Or it just felt caricatures, yeah. caricature-ish. You had so many characters that, again, I think something kind of like Cocaine Bear had. There's so many characters in that one story. It was hard to have the main focus be on this one thing. And um, story was going up and down. You know what I mean? So that's my two cents. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man, but they brought them characters in just to get mauled by Bear with. So, exactly. you know what? The end result, the end result of it being maybe, like you said, too many characters or something like in Cocaine Bear was actually a positive thing because I just wanted to see more murders from the Bear. And I got that because there were more characters. So, like, the end result, even though maybe you had I to the human characters. Part, I wish the human the characters result, were a little bit funnier, man. I wish that they were a little bit more funny. Like, the whole. The I don't know, man. Just... To me, to me, though, it made it a lot more. Like, I know, like, something called the Cocaine Bear, calling it Grounded is kind of crazy to begin with just because of the name, but, like, and even the story that it told. But to me, like, they seem like real people. Like, I hate sometimes when I go and watch one of these movies and it's so, like, just crazy outlandish that, like, the, the people don't even seem real. Like, I'm not a big Ace Ventura Pet Detective style, like, comedy guy because, like, bro, come on, dude. Like, that's so over the top, right? Like... I'll say the tone. Like, that's the tone. The, it, it gets to me to where it's not as funny if it gets too like yeah. uh, crazy as far as the characters and the people go. I will say the tone kind of jumps around a lot in Cocaine Bear, which I did not have a problem with. It was a dark comedy, inevitably. But um, hey, like but, I know. said earlier, Alex, you're great at this uh, like segue thing because if you're wanting to jump around, no better person to jump around than a man with wings on his ankles, and that's Namor coming back for the King Dynasty or whatever. We knew he was going to come back. This ain't even really a big news thing. It's just something that recently came across the board. Uh, because, I mean, like it, it, they obviously set it up. Like, he obviously doesn't die or anything like that in the Wakanda forever. He's obviously still the hey, king spoil of the, the people. Hey, man, if you ain't seen that movie, it's your fault. You know what I'm saying? Don't be coming and watching no entertainment news break whenever you ain't even seen the movie and it's been out for this long. Like, He's in the thumbnail anyway. So it's, you ain't even, even got an example. But the thing is, is Namor, obviously, he's still the kingdom of his people or whatever. And, like, uh, we know he's coming back. It's obvious. It's not even that big of a news thing. It's kind of cool. I did like that character in Wakanda Forever. I do like Wakanda Forever overall more than Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Realm because I think there was a little bit more chances. There were oh, still Wakanda some Forever. of the problems. Yeah. There were still some of the problems in, in Wakanda Forever that Ant-Man Quantum Mania did. But the problem, what well, the difference is, you didn't mind it as much because, like, they took chances, like the Queen you know, uh, pretty much, you know, getting killed and everything else. She's not with us anymore. So they they added stakes to this. You know what I'm saying? Like it opened up with a, with, with a funeral. Yeah. We, we opened up with a funeral and then like midway, a little bit past midway through the movie, uh, we get another funeral, right? Like, so there's things that are happening that is real. Right. So that, that's one of the reasons why I like Wakanda forever better, but yeah, man. Uh, I mean, you got anything, uh, besides any, any commentary on Namor appearing in the Kang dynasty coming up? Yeah, I really liked I really liked uh, Wakanda Forever, and yeah, I, I did. I mean, for me, I did think it was better than Ant Man and Quantum Mania. Um, I didn't think Wakanda Forever was great, though. I mean, but I did think Namor, kind of like what Kang did in Quantum Mania. I think Namor kind of elevated the movie a lot with his performance, and Angela Bassett as well, because you know she's getting that awards buzz for being nominated for Best Actress. Um, but um, I'm excited for Namor to return. I think it was a very intriguing character. Um, I kind of wish they, I, I won't get too much into what kind of forever, but 
um i did i did really like his uh character and i mean i wish they could make just a solo movie for him the problem is universal owns the rights in namor kind of like the hulk so but i'm kind of like well why don't marvel or disney team up with universal and do the thing they did with like spider-man you know that's my that's i'm kind of like why don't you guys do that but i don't i'm gonna tell you one thing yeah, I don't know I'll tell you one thing right now. One thing that I am more excited about than what I thought I would be when I heard first heard the news and everything else, kind of late at night, I did a short on it or whatever, is, dude, I, I, I like the new movies that came out. I even like the old TV, you know, made-for-TV movie that came out. And it's this guy! Crap. I hit the button, and it didn't, like, do what I wanted it to. I was, <gasps> I was trying to scare, I was trying to scare <gasps> Brandy. Like, yeah, man, this guy's coming back and he's gonna be with us for a TV show, and it's gonna be done by guess who? HBO Max. Let me tell you something. I'll <laughs> tell you this when there's already a franchise that I like and I have fun with, you know what I'm saying? When there's already that kind of franchise, that IP that's out there, right? And then I hear HBO come walking up on in. And saying, oh, yeah, come on. Come on, it. Come on. Welcome to Dairy. Welcome, welcome to HBO Max. Come come sit by Uncle HBO Max and let's let's get this story done. I ain't going to lie to you. Not long ago, we had a show where we were talking about Titanic, and you happened to be on that show, Alex. And we was talking about certain characters, you know, could they fit on the, the – uh, couldn't they fit on the door or not? And I said something during that thing to where – I was going to make that wood real hard. You know what I'm saying? To save to save my wife or girl or whatever. Right? right? That's what I would do. I'd do anything I could. I ain't going to lie to you, Alex. When I saw this and I saw it and I saw HBO coming together as one. Worlds collide. I got hard. In a couple of different ways. Okay? This is exciting. This is thrilling because listen to me, guys, even <laughs> their even their shows that aren't as good, Alex, like of some of the other ones are still good, right? Are still bangers in their own way. Like Last of Us, like, come on, bro. Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, the Wire, House of the Dragon, like, bro, now they're going to do it. Welcome to Derry and they're going in the past. And we know they can do that. Boardwalk Empire, Deadwood, like these shows, Sopranos. Well, that don't that don't make sense in the uh, old school time. But anyway, but it's still a great show. But come on, man, like, bro, this right here. Oh my God, this right here makes me want to like lick my lips. Oh, 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 okay. Lick my fingers. I listen. Everything in the world right now tastes good because of this news right here. Because this is going to be, I, I'm, look, and we're going to talk about this in a second. Mandalorian coming out tonight. Justin, you have a little third for this one. Look, I'm just telling you right now, Mandalorian is coming out. All right, yeah, I do have a uh, what you want to call it. Man, why you got to be interrupting me? But Mandalorian is coming out tonight <laughs> and doing this thing. Uh, and I'm excited about that, right? And I think H, I think Disney Plus has done pretty good. I think Disney Plus has done pretty good when it comes to Star Wars. 
MCU shows, maybe not as good. But here goes the deal. Right now, 100%. Bro, when I'm watching The Last of Us and I start thinking about that clown, baby, don't you frown. Because Big Daddy Hambone's coming to town. You know what I'm saying, baby? HBO Max has got it. And he's coming to Derry. And we're going back in the past. We're going to be dark. We're going to be grimy. We're going to be gritty. That clown's going to get his justice. You know what? Clowns live matters, people. All you people out there always <laughs> hating on the clowns. Always hating on the clowns. Clowns is just out there trying to trying to make you a little balloon animal. Maybe make you some popcorn for the circus and everything else, man. And y'all giving them crap all this time? Guess what? I wish that all you clown haters were forced to watch the show with your eyes held open so you had to see the clown. You know what I'm saying? Because, baby, I'm excited, baby. I'm woo, woo, woo. I'm doing the Ric Flair chops. Baby, bring it to me, baby. I hope you're as excited as I am, Alex. I hope you can contain. Uh, maybe, maybe you can't. Maybe you can contain it better than I can. But my excitement is bursting out the brims. I do have a question, though. Do you think it'll be an anthology series from the different time periods when Pennywise? There ain't is... nothing wrong with me, Brandon. It's going to be amazing. Whew, this is going to be. She's, she's talking about the wood. Um, no. This is going to be amazing. You know, I, I think it'll be kind of cool. I think it'd be cool if they did something like Andor. They had to do three episodes where it's in one one timeline. They do another three episodes that's in a different timeline. But it leads up to the events of what happens in it. I don't chapter want one, to. chapter two. That means they're moving through time too fast, Alex. I want them to. I want. Are you just wanting to be in one listen, timeline? The beginning listen, of man, Penny. Listen, Alex, because you are. Aren't you at like your grandma's or something right now? Uh, technically. All right. So here we go. All right. When I, maybe you're too young, Pennywise might come out of the closet right now. Maybe the grandmas, maybe the grandmas, like maybe the grandmas of the newer technology, you know, uh, era doesn't do what they used to. But I'm gonna tell you one thing right now. No, when you woke up in the morning and you smelled a little something, right? But it didn't smell like breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Like normally, maybe you're waking up to some eggs and bakey. You know what I'm saying? Wakey, wakey. That's your normal thing. But you caught a hint of something else in that smell and in that smell. aroma as you woke up. You're already getting excited because you're about to put the eggs and bacon in your mouth, boy. But then that hint of that other smell. And then you go to the kitchen to get your plate, to get your breakfast. And your grandma decided to make that old timey stew. <laughs> that good stuff, bro. That stuff that she starts cooking in the morning. And it don't get done until the afternoon because it slow simmers. Slow simmers. You know what I'm saying? There's always time. There's always time to get things fast. Okay? We do that every day of our lives with fast food and all this other kind of stuff because we can't wait. We can't wait for this stuff to get made in a proper way or whatever. We got to get it fast and everything else. They is something about just letting it simmer. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes you just got to make love fast, but sometimes you got to sit down, put on a little Marvin Gaye, and you let it go a little slow, okay? It makes it even greater, makes it even better. And that's what I want to happen with this series. I want us to begin sometime in the far past. And I want us to take our time going through each and every little things. I want them carrots. I want that meat in the stew. 
Whew. Whew, I want it slow simmered so that it, it tastes better than almost anything in your entire mouth ever. Don't don't will, ruin it for me, Alex. I know. I'm gonna give you good more good news. Apply to that. So the guy who directed it chapter one, chapter two, the new ones, he's gonna be overseeing the series, Andy Muschietti. And along with his wife, who is his uh, who is his producer partner, they're also gonna be working on it. Um, does that have you more excited? Uh, yeah, because I think that's another thing that HBO does good. They go and get right, like they go and get people. Like even though maybe the relationship wasn't the best, I know it was super good for the House of Dragons. That's one thing that changed. But George R. R. Martin was involved in the first Game of Thrones show, at, at least a little bit. Maybe not as much as he wanted to be and stuff. Maybe he didn't feel as comfortable with the people working on that particular show as he did with the House of Dragons. But he's definitely part of the House of Dragons. He's said it multiple times. Uh, they went and got the creator of the story for The Last of Us for this. Oh, my God, dude, The Last of Us is so good. And the it, bro, like, there is no containing. The it. The it. There is the, there's no containing, like, the possibilities. You love that, that clown. Bro, I'm just telling you, man, like, clowns have been done wrong, and I hope that it comes back and he takes revenge, man, and he gets these people. That, that 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 don't agree with the clown with the crown lies man like the like i said clowns just out there trying to make people laugh trying to have a goofy time with folks and stuff and then like they get hated on all the time for no reason they scare, for no they scare reason. people too they just scare, scare people. people but man come on bro like these ain't killer clowns from out of space it's clowns man it is what it is do you remember that one time when um i think it was right i think it was right around when the it movie the first was coming out you remember seeing the stories about uh, those random clowns popping up on random routes throughout the woods and they would be chasing the cars and stuff like that? It would be a great PR campaign if they did that again. <laughs> I don't advise anyone to get hurt. Bro, do what they did was... for Smile. Look, Smile did one of the coolest campaigns yeah. in a long time. That's All a these sporting one. events yeah. happening and they had these people sitting in the stands with a weird smile on their fucking face with a shirt that said Smile. Listen, all you got to do, clown mask mugs out there. Put them out there. Go to the next soccer event, just some dude in a clown. They did that for Megan, too, where they had uh, those girls come out in the baseball field and they're all dancing in the Megan uniform. Yeah, but see, that's something. I like the smile thing better because they smile thing was just better. Implanted. I like Yeah, more, they yeah. just planted people in the stands that wasn't – there wasn't no show for it. It was just they sat there in their seat the entire broadcast. Like doing that. That's all yeah. they did. It's crazy, yeah. It's that's crazy. all they did. So you just put somebody in a clown mask and just have them just kind of sitting there. They don't do nothing. There ain't no special event for them or nothing like that. But with that being said, man, let's go out with a bang. Let's go out with a banger right here. Hopefully it is a banger. Hopefully I get to talk about two great shows, two great seasons of shows at the same time because we're finishing up The Last of Us. Only got two episodes left. But tonight, I think at two o'clock, you know, if you want to say in the morning, whatever. But it is what it is. Mando season three begins. It's Mando time. Let me tell you something. If there's anything that's going to get my saber to light up, it's the Mandalorian. Because season one, season two, bangers. Okay? I even fell in love with Grogu, and I don't even like cute things. Well, except for Brandy. I like Brandy. She's cute. But I'm saying there's not too many things in this world normally I'd call cute that I like. 
You, you know don't what like I'm saying? Groot. But I, you don't like Gizmo, but I like baby Groot. Groot. I, oh, wait, I do like Gizmo. Gizmo's another one, all right? Because Gizmo's, he's a banger. You know what I'm saying? He's out there doing his thing, uh, out there, you know, uh, saving lives and everything. Get rid he's of the a pimp. He's a pimp. But with that being said, I'm super excited about the Mandalorian season three. I hope it can be good. I hope Disney, like I said, uh, Book of Boba Fett, the Obi-Wan series, those are probably a little bit lacking. They're not as good as what they put out so far for the Disney Plus on the Star Wars side. But even with that being said, I thought those shows were still pretty solid and still pretty good. Not my favorite that they've done so far, but I thought they were still enjoyable and they were still good overall. Man, Mandalorian Season 3. We're about to see a bunch of Mandalorians, man. Not just one, not just two. We're going to see them. We saw them in the previews. We saw them everywhere. We seeing all kinds of Mandalorians. And you know what? I'm excited about it, man. And I'm getting more and more excited. I hope they I hope they knock it out of the park with this season. I hope they do super well with the next couple of shows coming up because I'm actually more and more hyped for the Acolyte. If they keep doing a good job, I'm, I'm going to get more and more hyped for the Acolyte coming down the pipe. But, yeah. man, are you excited for Mando Season 3? Hell, yeah. If I had my Mandalorian mask or helmet with me, I would put it on. But I don't. That's right. Um, but I'm super fucking pumped for the show, man. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm very excited for it. I think I don't know whether it's the trailers. The trailers are doing a great job not showing anything, and I think that's what they should do. Um, mm-hmm. I also think like part of part of me. I like the last three episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, the whole series was kind of misfire with me. It was hit and miss. Um, but I love Mandalorian season one and two. I love both of those seasons. Andor was amazing. And Obi-Wan was, Obi-Wan was okay. I mean, it had some ups and downs too. Um, but I love Star Wars, you know? So, But I'm super pumped for this to come back. Um, it's been a long time, honestly. It's been like two years, dude. It's crazy. You know what? Speaking of a long time, you're the Segway master. Speaking of a long time, we've been doing this show for a long time. And we ran out of topics and normally I do the whole like, man, thank you guys, which I will go ahead and say, man, thank you all the patrons. Y'all guys are beautiful, beautiful people. Love it. Everything. But thank you guys uh, for being there for us so that we can do these little things and, and, and have fun doing what we do and talk about things that we love and all that stuff. Always going to appreciate and love anybody that sports from the lowest to the largest amount. Thank you guys uh, at all times because so we can have fun where we get to see uh, bears, you know, rape trees basically and stuff like that in the middle oh. of the movies and still be able to talk about it and have fun. But uh, normally I say, you know what? Everybody have a good night. Peace. I'm going to leave y'all with a little Grogu. I don't know if y'all could hear that or not, but Grogu saying uh, his little gibberish. Uh, saying he's in pain. Time, he's in pain. Maybe. But until next time. Peace. New shoes, new tracks, like who's that? I'm new, come back better than last year. It's a new me, never gonna look back. Never gonna look back. Cause damn, I was built to last. You move slow and I move fast. And that's back.